Hello and welcome to the Hoop Collective podcast. We talk about the NBA. It is Tuesday afternoon. Joining me from Oakland, California, is Anscapes, Mark J. Spears. Hello, Mark. 48 degrees here, man. It's freezing. Yeah, he's all bundled up. Uh, joining us from Chicago, our Chicago-based uh, NBA reporter, Jamal Collier. I don't want to open with the weather, but I was offended at Spears talking about how cold it was, Jamal. Um, I long for the days of 40. When is the next 48 degree day? I'll feel it'll, I'll probably be wearing months, shorts. Months. It's it's a long time away. We are in the dead of winter right now. We are in the dead of winter right now. Yeah. And I know Spears used to live in, in Denver and Boston, so I know he knows, but he's just playing around. Well, but Denver um, tricks you because they have more sunny days in LA. Yes, 300 days of sun. It says it right on the court. And it doesn't, <laughs> uh, and they really don't have any wind there because there's no ocean. So it's not, it, it's actually warmer there than you would think. But it's, it's also great. colder there. <laughs> it's also, it's colder. <laughs> now it's that we've done the Chamber of Commerce uh, yeah. for Denver, um, Spears, you have a story running on Anscape this week um, about DeJounte Murray, who, the uh, Hawks lost um, on uh, Monday night, uh, but he had 40. Um, DeJounte is, he, you know, he gave a real interesting interview recently on a podcast talking about his days in San Antonio. It's not often that um, you hear people criticizing the Spurs, but he did. Um, and, you know, he had the events over the summer up in that uh, Pro-Am game in Seattle uh, where he's from. But um, he's an interesting guy, you know. I, you know, all star last year, um, traded for three first round picks. Obviously, highly valued by the Hawks. Um, what did you learn about Dejounte in this story? Well, you know, Dejounte is very interesting. Uh, probably one of the more interesting NBA players that you know I've ever talked to, and he's uh, often told me, "Just wait till I tell my whole story." And I'm like, well, I'm here. Nope, nope. Not ready, <laughs> not ready, not ready, not ready. But he, he actually uh, allowed me to have part of it. And one thing that's interesting is he's, he's every morning, the first thing he does, and he was adamant to me about this being the first thing he does every morning, is he talks to about 20 incarcerated people on a, on a app or a website called JPay. And you could send emails to people in jail and then 48 hours, they could respond back to you. And he said that, you know, he was in juvenile hall twice, um, juvenile detention twice in Seattle, once when he was 11, once between his like freshman and sophomore year in high school, he was going down the wrong path. He was going down a dark path, a path where he even told me that he, he might not even have been alive. And, he had an uncle that he ended up moving with that kind of helped turn things around. And I think the Seattle basketball community, whether, you know, it was uh, Jamal Crawford or Will Conroy or, was, you know, uh, rent coach at rent Rainier, assistant coach, they, they just took him in and, and, you know, supported him and protected him. And he ended up turning his life around. So uh, I think he feels it is necessary for him to on a daily basis, um, give some hope, give some encouragement, um, give a hug virtually to 
people incarcerated. And he said there's about 20 of them that some are people that he met when he was there. Some are connected from friends as friends or family. But that shows you a lot about him that every day it is important for him to communicate uh, with incarcerated folks to to try to show them a light. That is not a story that I expected to hear. (laughs) You know, um, yeah, I mean, uh, he went low in the draft. I mean, he was like the 27th pick because people were worried about his background and that, that irritates him, right? Like that's yeah frustrated him over the years. And he's kind of had to overcome that. Even now there are people who, especially after he kind of went off in that, there, even now there are people who kind of hold that against him. Um, but he's had some adversity in the NBA too, because he tore his ACL um, yeah. in his, in the year when he was going to you know get his contract extension and extension he got was good money um but he was signed for less than he would have gotten if he stayed healthy and now he's dramatically outperforming the contract yeah um you know he's he's definitely had a unique career and now he's dealing with a team that's having adversity now too um yeah general manager fired the well he didn't get i don't know what you want to call it resigned he left in the middle of the season uh, issues with the uh, star player and the head coach. I don't think that's a uh, secret with Trey Young and uh, and Nate McMillan. Um, and he's having an interesting time. And, you know, he's one year away from free agency. And the rules make it really hard or unlikely for him to be able to sign an extension. So he's in a very interesting time in his career where he's also playing his best basketball too. Yeah. And he, you know, it's funny now he went from being this hood dude that you worried about to now being probably the biggest leader on the team, the, the most stable force on the Hawks. The one that Nate McMillan kind of like turns to a lot um, to try to keep the team afloat. Uh, and it's also interesting how he got there because I said, so did you ask for a trade? And he said, no, he had a conversation with pop that pop brought him into the office and he said that they had an honest emotional conversation about his future. And pop basically said, Hey, do you, you want to like waste your prime years or do you want to go somewhere and try to, you know, continue to be a playoff player contend. And they, they agreed that it was best to move him. And Atlanta got, gave up a lot for him, right. They gave up three firsts um, and the swap. And a couple players, and um, you know, so so that's why it's interesting because when I hear what he said in the podcast versus what I talked to him, like he seemed to have a lot of love for the Spurs. Very thankful that they gave him opportunity. Very thankful that Pop was the one that said, "Hey, we're going to move you." And he said he was very much looking forward to that. He hasn't played in San Antonio yet. and they play him finally play in San Antonio in March. So I think that's going to be, you know, a big emotional day for him. But so, um, and then the Tony Parker piece, which, you know, I, is very interesting to me because I think you also got to look at um, Tony Parker's shoes, right? And Tony was like basically the star of the Spurs for a long time. 
the point guard of the Spurs for a long time. And I talked to him a lot uh, when he ended up going to Charlotte. And I think it was like either being a backup with the Spurs or being a backup in Charlotte. And and sure, there probably was some ego that had to do with that. Um, but he did have a relationship with Michael Jordan. And I think it probably was going to be hard for him to be a backup in San Antonio, right? Like, yeah, probably an ego had something to do with it, but I kind of understood, like, if I'm going to be a backup, I'd rather go somewhere else and do it. And he also retired with one year left on his deal. So I, I wonder, if, in hindsight, if Tony might have just retired in San Antonio. It's it's that odd. There's a couple great players in the course of the NBA who have that odd last year, right? Like Carl Tony and Charlotte, Carl Malone in L.A., right? Like, um, trying to think of some other players, but um, I don't think it was a knock on DeJounte that Tony didn't want to stay to mentor him. I think it was. But DeJounte kind of, took it. DeJounte took it as a. Yeah. He didn't seem like he had a favorable memory of yeah. Tony Parker. And, uh, and, 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 hey, I can't speak for DeJounte, but I, I could, I kind of understood why Tony thought it was better to. And, and I think a lot of people don't know that he and Michael Jordan are close. They like families vacation together and stuff like that. And, Jordan calls you and say, hey, man, you're going to have a big role and we'll pay you more money. If there was one person that could convince him to leave, it's Michael Jordan. Yeah, it was an awkward thing. Um, you know, the Spurs were transitioning. You know, uh, there was some discussion at the trade deadline last year that DeJounte could be available. Yeah. Um, I don't know for sure if they had talks, but I got the impression. I heard his name kind of pop up on the radar right about this time last year, like a week before the deadline. But I, but it really wasn't much traction. They ended up trading Derek White. They went with a, another guard. They traded in Derek White. And then DeJounte made the all-star team. Um, you know, he was, a, I think he was injury replacement. Um, but he ended up making the all-star team as a spur. And he was, I talked to him at the all-star weekend in Cleveland, and he was really, really excited to be there. I mean, as you would think, but like, yeah. Well, he actually, told me he uh, he also said in the interview I had with him that he wanted to finish his career with the Spurs. Interesting. Well, yeah. I think the other issue is, you know, when he got traded, I talked to Rich Paul, his agent. And Rich said to me, you know, one of the things was the Spurs were interested in, in him uh, extending, but he couldn't extend. It wasn't necessary. I mean, the way his contract, you know, Bobby Marks has talked about this a lot, that it's, it would be irresponsible to extend. It, 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 I mean, his contract, he's outplayed his contract and the extension he can get would be below his market value. So it wasn't animus. It was just like, well, we can't extend. So the, the Spurs were looking at, number one, they wanted to maybe move on and look at some younger guys, but also they were looking at potentially losing him. Um, yeah. So they made up that mind and they got a haul for him. And in fact, his that trade played a role in Travis Schlank leaving the Hawks because I don't think I Travis Schlank probably wanted to trade for him. He didn't want to give up what they that gave much, up. Right. They, they gave up Danilo Gallinari, who was on a, a contract that he could be cut out of, which the Spurs did. Um, but the, he didn't want to, you know, Travis Schlank's an ex. He's, he's shown a history of being a very good uh, drafter. He drafts very well. Although the passing Doncic for, Trey Young will always uh, be attached to him, fair or not, part of the game. Um, but you look at the 
the Hawks roster, it's like all guys that he drafted, you know, and they've generally done pretty well with the slots that they were drafted in. Um, and so I can understand why he didn't want to give up like control of his draft for four years, including the swap into the future. And it basically got forced through by other powers in the Hawks um, organization. I think also Tony Ressler, the owner was heavily in favor of it. And that was, that was the beginning really of the end of Schlenk there. So um, it's a, it's in his situation is complicated in a team that's uh, that's complicated. Yeah. So um, it, it, it kind of feels that way. It's like um, you're the new kid. You got a new, it's like somebody getting a new job and they're excited to go in there. And then you walk in and all the employees are disgruntled. <laughs> like, Oh, Hey, yeah. The, the, the break room's over there, man. Ain't no food there. <laughs> like, you know, like I was excited about this job, man. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, the, the gossip like around Atlanta, man, is not a, uh, it's not encouraging right now. Anything that, that sounds like it's going on there. Yeah, um, <laughs> I remember. I won't say who it is. I hope I'm not. I probably shouldn't tell this story, but Do it. when I got hired at ES, I when I got hired at ESPN, <laughs> um, like a couple of weeks after I got hired, we had our annual summit meeting. Um. Uh, with all the NBA employees, we all got together. And uh, one of the people who was in the middle of a contract dispute came to the meeting and dressed in all black from head to toe. <laughs> Both days were all black. <laughs> and I was like, boy, welcome to ESPN. <laughs> there was, a, there was a, a protest going on at the first meeting. So, um, did, did that make a difference? That person did resign, but uh, that person is no longer with us uh, okay. at ESPN. Okay. <laughs> like, oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> does he have the same initials as I have? No, no, okay. no, right. no. I didn't think that's no, that's no. not that guy's style. No, 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 absolutely not. Yeah. Um, Mark, but I'm anyway, this I'm was many years today. ago. Mark, I've been, I've been at ESPN a long time. This is many. This was yeah. like over a decade ago, but um uh, I can I can I can see in the future asking the producers to cut out what I just said. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> CB is, is, is uh, no no we're not playing no 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 we're not playing that game. no. Uh, but I do I do want to say Mark that I'm I'm excited for uh, to to read that story about Dejounte and, and like just shout out to also like first of all 11 years old is is a crazy age to fathom somebody being arrested at. And uh, shout out to Jamal Crawford because it does sound like he was playing a, a very huge role in, yeah. in kind of keep getting him on the basketball court and influenced his career. So, like, that's the what he's doing and what Jajante is doing. It's like, that's the stuff. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hit strikeouts, Grand Salami's web gems with nothing on your roof. So who's ever up there, whether it's the roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit DirecTV.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. If only starting your fitness journey was as easy as starting this podcast. The truth is all the lift big, get big and beach body ready in three weeks pressure stops most of us from even starting. 
And starting is what matters most. It's everything. Wherever you're beginning and wherever you want to be, Peloton encourages you to just start. With thousands of classes to get you moving and doing what you can, even if that's just a 10-minute low-impact class, they have those too. And when you're ready, take it up a gear with a 30-minute live DJ ride. Start with Peloton and find instructors that will keep you motivated to stay on your fitness journey. Learn the basics and build from there. Remember, doing something is everything. Get started with a Peloton bike or Bike Plus rental at onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals. Terms apply. Speaking of speaking of the <laughs> trade deadline, which uh, Jamal, you uh, spend all your time around the Bucks and the Bulls, both teams potentially active at the trade deadline. Um, the, the difficult season for the Bulls continues. Um, they'll have a good win, and then they'll have a terrible loss. <laughs> um, <laughs> Billy Donovan gave uh, an update on, um, almost said LaMelo, on Lonzo Ball a couple of days ago. Uh, I don't know if people missed that. Can you give us the most recent update on that that he gave? I don't know what Billy's exact wording is, but the uh, the I say the team has been continually they've been encouraged about the progress or whatever, right? Of 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 that, and it's sort of been vague. But I do think there was a couple weeks ago now where uh, Lonzo posted a video on Instagram of him dunking, uh, kind of jumping off really two feet dunking uh like sort of standing straight up it was a sort of a maybe an unimpressive video just if you it was an exciting video if you were a lonzo fan it was an exciting video though and i think that that's just it is that he's starting to be able to do some small things jumping off his left foot uh he's running on treadmills things that a few weeks ago a few months ago couldn't even get past that because the pain was too bad in his knee and now at least they are seeing some small tangible steps to say hey he can start doing these things and, you know, he is starting to make some progress. So it's a long way away from a basketball court and running and jumping and playing 30 minutes or whatever they're going to need him to do. And I think that that, you know, you can look at the calendar and sort of do the math there. He's also now missed more than a year of action. Uh, but I do think that in general, the organization is, uh, you know, is encouraged of how they, how they, what they've seen from Lonzo so far recently, especially. But nowhere close. But that's not a player, in my opinion. They haven't ruled him out, but it doesn't sound like a, a realistic return is coming this season. I and mean, again, even yeah. just the time off, Philly is, is definitely hammered home at this point. Talk about guys who played the year now. So the ramp up period, if he was able to play tomorrow, would still be, you know, a month or two months. Where we didn't yeah, see they're, they're guys, dancing. Like they're Isaac dancing around. They're dancing. Yes. They don't know. They don't want to put any sort of timeline on because they did before and ended up coming back on them. But let's just be honest. It looks like he's not going to play this season. That's that wouldn't be surprising. I'm not putting, um, uh, I'm not putting, you know, that, you know, no. in their, in their words in their mouth, but um, there's, there've been some discussion, including by me about whether the bulls um, should sell at the deadline. Um, it's complicated by the fact, of course, that their draft pick is top four protected. So you could end up selling, not get lucky, and not have tried to get to the playoffs for nothing. Um, the vibe that I've gotten recently is that that's not the direction of the Bulls are going, that they are going to continue to try to go forward and try to capture um, some sort of run in the second half. Uh, what What is your feel on that? Exactly that. And I think that when you say sell, it's really moving one of, 
their sort of main three, and that being Zach Demar and Vooch. And I think that um, it's like we all kind of keep getting lured into oh, the Bulls got one three in a row, big victory over you know whatever playoff contender, only to lose to the Hornets or lose to the Pacers or <laughs> lose to whoever. Uh, you know, they still looked up a week ago and thought that they were going to be able to move to over 500 and be in command of the play. And I still think now dating back to about a month or so ago, really that Minnesota game, I think we probably talked right after that when they gave up 150 points to the Timberwolves somehow, uh, kind of at the height of their disarray. You know, they're, I think it's now 12 and eight. This is before Tuesday's game that they've gotten through this game. Uh, it's 12 and eight since that point. Zach Levine has looked a whole lot better. Vucevic is playing well. And I think that they want to give it time. That's the biggest thing is that they look at a team that wasn't, at least around those guys, still wasn't built that long ago. And they're still uh, looking at a major piece that may not be a factor this year, but they still think may be a factor at some point. And they want to give this team every chance it, it, it can take. Now, I think that there is some questions about will they be movers around the periphery because they've got a few guys contract situations, a guy out of rotation. They've got a guy in Alice Caruso who I just think is going to be a hot commodity uh, around the league. But, uh, you know, as far as right now, it's a major change to this roster to shake things up. I, I don't see that necessarily being in the cards. Um, but, you know, we're saying this and uh, they're, they're they may come out and have a huge win or a huge loss or all the, all the above here the next week. And I think things for them to change pretty rapidly if it keeps going that way. And I see this discussion about the concept of trading Zach Levine because, you know, he's not having the greatest year. Spears, how can they possibly, by the way, another Seattle guy, how can they possibly think about trading Zach Levine? They just signed the guy to a five-year, $200 million contract. You you have to, you committed to him. And secondly, even if you were going to trade him, you don't trade him now when he's not having a good year. I just, I've never understood the Zach Levine trade uh, concept right now, at least. Yeah, no, I mean, you move him when he has the best value, right? It's like people talking about the Warriors should trade James Wiseman. And I'm like, what are they going to get for him now? Like, yeah. he's, the, he's so young, like, wait and let, let well, him. Well, ca- the counterpoint is, is that value going up? Yeah, it's going to go up. Yeah. That, kid, that kid's going to be better. I I look. I can't I'm, see how the, the listeners can't see how I'm looking at you right now, but I'm no. I, I could tell. I'm you not convinced. That you don't have to be convinced. The thing is, there's so much impatience in this world, and I know this this guy has not played well, and he's had his injury issues and whatnot. But I saw him when he was healthy, and and that was one of the I I saw him at the hoop summit. I watched him practice for four days, and he does some really really special things. The Warriors would have moved him one. His value is low. They're not going to get anything. It's like, what, a second-round pick for a guy that you pick second? That's, that, that's not a good move. And I think I still have faith that he's going to turn it around. I still have – I mean, I've seen guys not have great starts and end up being something. I remember how bad Chauncey – the start of Chauncey Bell's career was. Um, I haven't yeah. – he, he's, he's certainly not, he's even 21 yet. Like, I, I yeah, don't, he just, I, so tall, I'm being devil's advocate. 
I'm not trying I, to say that he's done at, at 21. He should get, you know, like he will never yeah. be anything. Because I think that there are teams, and, you know, I think the, the Bulls are kind of sneakily one of them, maybe that should look yeah. at that and say, can that, is that a, 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 a risk that we would be willing to no, take? No, if, I, if I'm think, a team, I try to get him for sure. I just think it would be I, a mistake from the Warriors to, to. But in the same context as Zach, because I've had this conversation as well, is like, are you trading him when his value can't be any yeah. lower or lower? Yeah. And, one, he's been very exact in, in the last month or so. He talked about working through the knee injury at first, really since beginning of December or so. And he's struggled. He's had a couple of bad shooting nights I think, recently. But since the beginning of December, his numbers look about what you'd expect Zach Levine to look at offensively, at least. Um, shooting percentages are back up. It's back around 20, 24, 25 points a game. Uh, the, I mean, the question, though, with, with Zach or Wiseman, I mean, yeah, he's had had these lingering knee issues that have yeah. gone on here now for on the second knee surgery, came into it with this year. And you can say right now it feels like the value is lowest, but if a durability question is only continue as it gets older, you know, that's, I think, where that, that's where I would sort of question is, is, is how long you go. Again, I think, I think yeah. the Bulls are, you're right, they just signed him and he, I spoke to him at shoot around or at practice the other day and he was, uh, also adamant that I just signed an extension here <laughs> that I'm not necessarily uh, looking, looking out and uh, not looking out at this, at this point, he's, he wants to be here, at least expressed to me. But, um, you know, I think that those are just a conversation that it looks easy to say, well, yeah. this is the low point you're trading him. But if there's no path for him to get minutes on the Warriors, I'm going to Wiseman now, no path for him to get minutes on the Warriors. And yeah. you're not even sure if he's going to be productive when he does. Yeah. At least now you've got the potential that somebody can talk themselves mm. into mm. that he's a number two pick. But, you know, both with both guys, Wiseman and Levine, I'd wait to the offseason. Now, now's not the time. Because, yeah. uh, like, you look at Chicago, they rattle some stuff off. They'll move up the Eastern Conference standing ladder. Um, when they're healthy... And you got to remember in the playoffs, Zach Levine won't have to worry about back-to-backs. I mean, they're going to be tough. They're going to be tough to deal with. It doesn't sound like Zoe's going to be back for the postseason. But um, we're both like it's 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 a value business, man. I, and then I'd wait. I, I definitely wouldn't move either one of them at the trade deadline. I think this summer could, but there's going to be potentially some star players available and potentially on the move this summer. Right yeah. off the bat, we know that James Harden and Kyrie Irving are going to be unrestricted free agents. Maybe they stay put, but I don't know. And we're going to see some other stuff that you know potentially could happen. I, you know, unless you, um, unless you think that you're going to hit a, 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 you feel great about hitting a home run right now. Um, even if you're not thrilled with the way you're playing, I think you're better off to wait. If you're thinking about a major move, I just think the, the environment might be better for the summer. We'll be talking about that soon. Um, by the way, as a, as the thing for the warriors, people ask about what the warriors might do around the deadline. The warriors addition might be to upgrade Anthony lamb to a, to a full contract. He's on a two-way contract and running mm-hmm. out of games. He's been a rotation player for a lot of the year. Their trade deadline move may be to trade a player away um, to open. I mean, they do have an open roster spot, but it, yeah. it costs them like an insane amount of money to sign him. But that may be the Warriors move is to just get Anthony Lamb on a regular contract so he can play in the postseason. And yeah. Ty Jerome 
is playing pretty well too. He's our other two way guy, but Anthony Lamb is, I think, is the priority. I know that's not going to excite anybody, yeah. but um, you know, both um, those guys have been great, man. They've been surprisingly great. And uh, so now the Bucks definitely have been more out there in the trade talks, uh, Jamal. Um, <clears throat> Serge Ibaka is obviously away from the team, awaiting a trade. Um, so that's certainly out there. They have some other pieces that they could cobble together. Grayson Allen's name has been mentioned as a possible trade uh, chip. They've obviously been attached to Jay Crowder for months now. Um, I feel like the Bucks are going are going to get something done. Um, I don't know if it's going to change the world. Uh, now Bobby Portis is out for a period of time. I don't know if that affects their uh, thinking. The Bucks have kind of stopped and started this year with injuries to Middleton, and then Giannis has missed some games recently. Um, you're there a lot. What's your read on that situation? Similar to, I mean, it's funny they could, you know, Serge was had fell out of the rotation. I think was a, kind of a big reason of, of why he's away from the team. And now the minutes are there with Bobby being sidelined here for probably about around a month uh, that he could potentially be playing. Um, I think they still feel good if Bobby is back. Uh, that Bobby will be back for a playoff run and stretch run. So I don't think that they necessarily need to, to make a move there. Uh, uh, but I, I, I agree with you. I think that they are a, a good bet to do something. Um, I think that they are going to be involved in the Jay Crowder discussion in some way, uh, or, you know, regardless of how, and if, if and when he gets moved, um, even have some Intel that I think there was another almost three or four team trade that went down. Uh, that they almost got in involved involved with Jay Crowder recently. Um, that fell apart. So three I think team trade is a no team trade. <laughs> you know how I always say it. a four team trade is a pipe dream. I know yeah. that they happen, but I'm just telling you. I see all these folks posting their three team trade ideas. I'm serious, guys. Like a single digit percentage of three team proposed three team trades happen. So yeah. So I, I think that they, they've sniffed around a couple of other guys that uh, really you're looking at that, so the guys off the bench, they're pretty, they're happy with what Joe Ingles has, has, has provided them so far. And I think uh, they still want to see him run with Middleton and as a, just a bigger guy who can sort of be a secondary ball handler that's sort of bigger than Grayson and can't get picked on. It's for me, I look at them and, and think about a potential Celtic series. And I think that uh, when, I was there last, we were both there in the playoffs last year. I was there on Christmas again. And every time I watch Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown find Grayson Allen, they're back on and really Grayson Allen on the court. You know, it's just food. It's just, they're going to, they're going to go pick and roll and they're going to make him switch and they're going to force him to guard us every time. And it, they're going to sort of try to exploit that matchup. And I think that that is for them trying to make sure you've got a rotation that is kind of just switch proof and sort of foolproof that you don't have to worry about those kind of situations. So if it's a guy like Jay Crowder, if it's maybe another guard um, that they think they could sort of come off the bench and be a secondary uh, playmaker with a, uh, you know, with Giannis and Chris, um, I do expect them to get something done because they've got enough little pieces and little things. And there seems to be a, an appetite there to, to do something, but you know, they're also pretty happy with, you know, as everybody considers to say they're happy with their team, but I believe them. So Spears, um, it was reported, I think, uh, by The Athletic yesterday that Milwaukee's been given permission by the Suns to talk to Jay Crowder. 
I checked that out and I heard that it was indeed true. Um, I wouldn't say it's, it's not like unheard of. It is unusual. I also kind of get no one's seen Jay Crowder publicly for six months long. I don't know since May. Uh, I mean, he can post his workout videos or whatever, but um, I kind of get it. But like, I wonder what kind of commodity Jay Crowder is at this point, a guy who didn't finish last year that well and hasn't played forever. Yeah. It, that's part of the problem with the Suns trying to trade him is that nobody knows what he looks like. Yeah, but he's in. He's always been in good shape. This I don't think like, he's out of shape. I just think he's out of form. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's one of those things. He's a vet. You know what he's going to give. If he has to go down to the herd, to practice with them, get you know, get some reps up, do that. But he's a vet. Um, my my wonder is. Like, who do they give back for? Like, who would the Suns want for? Uh, I mean, I don't think they want Grayson Allen because I think that's, you know, that trade's been out there and there's been other other versions of it too. But I think that's the Bucks' kind of sticking point too. And I've heard that same point, Brian, is if if Jay Crowder was playing this half season and lighting it up and he really looked like a huge impact player that you could, you know, you could plug in, but because he's kind of a bit of an unknown or at least you're not sure how much buildup you're going to have to have with him. And they already got a couple of guys that are trying to get Chris Middleton right, trying to get yeah. Joe Ingles right. Can they kind of plug another guy in that they have to get right here in a, in a short amount of time before the playoffs? That's something that they're worried. I think that that is kind of why their offer pretty much been their offer here. At this well, point. that's the thing. So if, if you're doing business with the Suns right now, you're like, well, what are you going to not do a deal and yeah. then have to buy him out yeah. or, or just let him sit out? Like, the other thing is, you know, uh, Woj reported last week that uh, Matt Ishpia is going to get control of the team. I have no idea what that guy's going to do. Like, what if he comes in and is like, yeah, I want to do these four trades? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, it was funny. Uh, Jim Dolan, um, he gave his first interviews in four years this last week. And um, in one of the interviews, he was talking about how new owners, all he was talking about himself too, but he's like, yeah, new owners. They always make mistakes. They always think that they know best and they, and they mess it up. And uh, it was just funny. He said that it's, it's true often. I don't know if I want to say it's, it's not what always about true. old owners. <laughs> well, that's the thing. He, he was saying that he said, <laughs> I, he, he said he's done being meddlesome in trades. He said, I've been done, you know, 10 years ago, I stopped being meddlesome in trades and I was, and then he went on a jag about how new owners make mistakes. And I was like, I did the math. I was like, well, 10 years ago, you'd own the team for 15 years, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but whatever. Um, so, but, but also with, with Jay too, I think his value will be based on interest. Like if, if Milwaukee's the only team that's interested in him, then Phoenix is basically in trouble in terms of what they could get back. I think their hope is that other teams are interested because that that's the only way I think he, you could get some good value for them. Otherwise, it's a fire sale. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much already a fire sale. Honestly, yeah. I don't, I don't know, I, I don't know. You know, the Suns. On one hand, they they they're in no hurry, but no hurry hasn't. Oh, they gotta in, be right. They, you know, that's right. So I don't know. Like I can see the Bucks going. Well, who else is going to beat our offer? They haven't beaten it yet. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, 
Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. The NFL schedule drops this week, and you can be there to catch all the action live and in person with Vivid Seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, every eye-popping play of your favorite team. And to kick it off, Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code HOOP. That's code HOOP. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. Let me ask you about Middleton. So he's obviously, he's had a very rough season. Um, there's plenty of time left for him to get it right. He is a free agent to be, he's got a player option in his contract. I think it's in the neighborhood of 40, it's over 40 million. Or it's around 40 million. Uh, number one, has he, do you have any feel for what, he, I mean, he doesn't have to make the decision today. He makes his decision in June. But if he opts out of that contract, what do you think the Bucks will do? And what do you think, you know, I, mean, I mentioned earlier the potential stars could be available this summer. Well, he's a star who could be available this summer. And the Bucks are pretty deep in the tax. He's obviously a very important player. I don't know what they will do there. This is a discussion that no one's been having. And it's also worth pointing out that in September, Giannis can extend his contract. Now, he's still got years left. If he doesn't extend, it's not like he's going to walk. But, you know, if you're talking about the Bucks and you're looking out beyond, you know, the next game, looking at Middleton, what you're going to do there, and then looking about the decision that Giannis has coming up, I think are relevant questions. What's, um, Brooke, what's Brooke, your feel? Brooke Lopez is also uh, a guy that's going to be eligible or is going to be a free agent slash or his deal. Um, 40 million is the number on the player option for Chris Mills. And this is something I, I, I you know, going to be paying pretty close attention to through the rest of the season. Um, I know coming into the year, Middleton was obviously looking for a, that number to be extended and, uh, sort of hoping that that was kind of what they'd be go- getting to in the, in the off season. Uh, I think that really we're at a point that, that, you're going to have to see how he finishes out the season. And if he sort of looks like Chris Middleton again, and they make a NBA finals or championship run with him as the number two guy, uh, then I do know obviously Giannis and him have a great relationship and Giannis likes playing with him and they won together. So I think that if it's in the interest of keeping Giannis happy, I think the Bucks are going to be a lot more amenable to going to Chris's knees. Uh, but, you know, I think that, that that's, you got to see what the player is. He really in the past since April, the second round of the playoffs in April has barely been on the court now. And, you know, he is 31, um, going to be 32 next season. Played a lot of minutes, been around for a long time. I, 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 I'm curious of how this was going to play out because I think a few months ago, I would have said that they're going to, that Chris Middleton is going to be a part of this team for a while. And I'm not sure exactly how, the details will be, but those two sides are going to come to it. And I still, um, you know, I'm not sort of ready to say that he's headed out of town, but I do think that there's a lot more question marks because if the Bucks 
are not able to get it together and not really make a, another sort of run. When you've got Giannis, you guys have talked about it before, there's just sort of always a timer. You want to sort of maximize what your team can be around him. And they, uh, if they do not compete for a championship or find themselves in the finals this year, you know, I think that they're a candidate that they've got some pieces that they may be able to, you know, shake up this team a little bit. But again, I think right now they feel happy about their team and think that they, once they're healthy, are going to be able to make I, it. I actually, it's right. interesting. So Spears, like, I think the same sort of thing about the Warriors, like, yeah. The Warriors could absolutely repeat. The Bucks could absolutely win. The Bucks could have won last year if Melton was healthy. Yeah. <laughs> As I look forward to this summer, I wonder what happens if the Bucks go out early. What happens yep. if the Warriors go out early? Bob Myers is a free agent. Yeah. Draymond Green wants an extension. Um, you know, both of those teams are in interesting situations that you can't predict right now. Yeah. I had a, you know, the Draymond situation is interesting because you wonder. If he if he opts out and goes on the free agent market, what will he get? Like, right? Will it be at the number that he's at now? Um, who would give it to him? But there was an exec from another team who's like, I hope he does, because we'd love to have somebody like him on our team. Mm-hmm. I'd really be interested to see if he really wants to be in another uniform because he's very, very smart and he knows that the grass isn't greener in most places. <laughs> right. Like he's He's used to a certain standard. He knows the legacy that he's building. You know, I, I wonder at what number would he take an extension from the Warriors? Would he would he take less to finish his career there? Um, would he just opt in, do another year, and see what happens after that, which is quite possible. Uh, but yeah, I mean, his 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 number is intriguing. Bob's situation is something that's being talked a lot in the Bay. What I've often heard is that, you know, Joe Lacob's sons aren't in Joe, in, in Bob's way. Um, if anything, they often go to Bob to see what he thinks. This isn't like a situation in Atlanta. I could be wrong, yes. but um, I, I think there's a lot of respect there. And, and then it's like, okay, where's Bob going to go? I think Bob is at a point in his career. I don't want to speak for him, but he's, yeah, he's had that job for a long time. It's been pretty exhausting. You know, I I don't think it's a matter of, I want out of golden state. It's a matter of, I want to keep doing this job right now. Uh, Well, what else are you going to do? He started a podcast (laughs) with Omaha productions. You can hear it on various ESPN channels. Yeah. Yeah, No, we'll have him on. um, I th- I, hey, I think a lot of people would take stress for all those finals appearances and rings, right? So, uh, or when you're negotiating a contract, it's not a bad idea to make it look like you know. I don't need this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sounds good till you lose it. Yeah. Um. Well, I do think the Bucks will probably do something. I'm not so sure about the. Uh, Bulls and the Warriors, if they come out of it with Anthony Lamb signed to a full contract, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, I would keep. I would keep a really quick Bulls notice that uh, veteran point guard is is the one thing I would keep an eye out on them. Is that 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 is something I know they sniffed around on a couple options there. Well, they should have gotten a veteran point guard last summer. Quite <laughs> frankly, they, you know they signed Goran Dragic and said, okay, that's fine. But I mean, yeah, Lonzo was never close. And I do, do you think? Uh... Chicago could have interest, and this is this is just me being fantasy GM right now. And Fred VanVleet, 
I would guess that the stuff it would take to get him, they I mean, they don't have a whole lot of assets. Uh, like, really could could the back. Bulls? If, if this is okay again, Brian's choked me across the interwaves, but internet waves. But could a team like Toronto say, like, you know what? We'll we'll, we'll take Lonzo Ball. He's young. I don't you think know. so. No, for, for because Fred. if Fred because because if Fred is truly available, which is not clear yet, I think there would be a lot of bidders, and I think I think the Bulls would just get outbid, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, you have young know, picks to trade. You don't have uh, you know Patrick Williams. That I, I would be surprised if he's put forth in, in a trade discussion for them. So yeah. it's kind of you're talking about really working around the fringes there. Although to Mark's point, if I'm the Bulls and I'm the Raptors and looking at those two teams. Hmm. You got some stuff that's not really working over here. We got some stuff not really working over here. Just kind of feel like this is be speculating. Literally, like that. You know, not saying they have, but I just look at one team that needs offense and a team that needs defense. And well, if there's going to be a bidding war for Fred Van Vliet, I think the Clippers yeah. are going to be near the front of the line. Um, yeah. But I mean, they could get outbid too. Spears, you just saw the Raptors. They're in the midst of this really pivotal seven-game road trip for them. They're doing okay. They're not torching it. They're not getting torched. We've talked about on this pod, like they're one of the most pivotal teams. They're, 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 you know, what happens with the Raptors? What did you, um, what did you come away from spending some time with them? Well, no, I, I haven't. I oh, you haven't? I, I was out of town. Oh. They came through. Oh. When they came through, I wasn't here. I I'm wish sorry. I did. Because I think they went to SAC and Golden State. I was in Yeah, you went to New Orleans. Yeah, you yeah. went to New Orleans. Yeah, but... um. I hear the Raptors name more than anybody, right? I know. In, in all these yeah. trade rumors, it's it's Fred one day, it's Gary Trent Jr. the one day, it's OG the next. Uh, then you hear Pascal. Well, they're not trading Pascal. I'm not sure any of these dudes are getting traded. Just to be clear, yeah. I, it, but it wouldn't surprise me if Masai, who has won some deals by waiting till the very end, like he yeah. waited the Spurs out, um, and also like. An auction for OG Ananobi right now. Like, let's think of, let's say OG Ananobi was made available like next Tuesday. Think of the teams that could make big offers who would yeah. want OG Ananobi. The, the Grizzlies, the Pelicans, the Knicks, the Blazers, the Suns. Like, if he want, if, if Masai wanted to auction OG, he could probably get a, a ransom price for him. But I'm not sure if he's going to do it. I just know yeah. that I don't put anything past him. Yeah. No, I mean, Masai's probably just sitting back, just kind of real, like, you know, you see all those numbers in his brain above his head, you know, yeah. like a Einstein kind of like thing, what he could do or not do. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're, they're a team I hear a lot. The guy I'm kind of curious about, and this is kind of digging in the crates, is Jakob Podol. Yeah. I, 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 I like him. And I think he could be uh, a really big help to a team. Now, if, if you know, going back to Jamal, if now the Spurs say something to the Warriors about, hey, we'll take, we'll try Wiseman for him. Like, would, would the Warriors be willing to do that? I don't know. Man, um, that would be but, a good trade for the Warriors, uh, at least in the short term, maybe not long term, yeah, but in the short yeah. term, oof. Yeah, but um, I, I I do think that Puddle Purtle Purtle does all the little things, you know, scoring the post as well. It's a better uh, rim protector than probably gets credit for. I, I could see him. It's not a sexy name on on there, 
but with his, you know, being in the final season of his contract, uh, with not a lot of people on the market that do what he does, I see him as an attractive piece. So the unknown there is what was been said between Pirtle and the Spurs. So he he's in a similar situation as um, Dejounte was. Uh, you know, I told you that like you know ultimately the Spurs inquired with whether Dejounte was ready to extend. He wasn't, and that helped them understand they needed to probably trade him. In the case of Pirtle, he also hasn't extended because it doesn't behoove him to do so. But who knows what the understanding is? I mean, the Spurs have to spend money on somebody. Um, they could prioritize giving Pirtle a new contract in the off season. And there could be an understanding there. And that means that he's not on the market. Now I heard a lot of discussion about Pirtle in November and December. I haven't heard anything lately. It doesn't mean that it's not happening. It just, it hasn't reached my ears. Um, People thought that he was going to be a guy that was going to get moved. And look last year, you know, we don't, we didn't typically see the Spurs do business at the deadline. Um, Well, last year in their retrofit, they did, they, they did do business at the deadline and their last couple of trades have been selling pieces off. Um, so this would be another one. Um, so I don't know. The irony, of course, he'd also be great for Toronto, who traded him for Kawhi. Um, and if Toronto decided they wanted to buy instead of sell, which is on the table still, yeah, that would be interesting. But um, we'll be talking about that a lot more in the next uh, week as we barrel towards the deadline. Um, thank you to Mr. Spears. Thank you to Mr. Collier. Thank you to Bruce and Jackson, our producers. Thank you for listening to the Hoop Collective. We'll be talking to you on Friday with the Tims. Have a good day. <laughs>